morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're listening in the world to this podcast today. My name's Paul Webb. I am the founder of B2B Energy, and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Energy Speaks Back. I'm Paul Webb. I am your host of this show tonight. And um, sadly, there's no one with me. We're in uh, UK lockdown and uh, everyone's struggling for time. But I thought I'd still continue the consistency of providing energy knowledge back to the industry. And um, I wanted to share some stuff with you tonight regarding um, energy assessments um, for all buildings globally. So uh, thank you for listening to this uh, this podcast. And um, let's begin. Let's talk about carrying out energy assessments. So when um, I began my industry experience regarding doing assessments, I actually picked up doing energy assessments for a very wide range of buildings. So I've carried out energy assessments on premiership football clubs, leisure groups, commercial buildings, factories, large houses, and even places of worship. I've done quite a few churches in my time regarding carrying out assessments. Now, all buildings, even though they've got different categories, they're all very similar. Crudely, they have a front door, they will have a roof, they possibly have windows, have heating systems, cooling systems, and they all have uh, occupancy. So over my many years of carrying out energy assessments on all these properties, I've come up with a saying from a corner shop to an office block and everything in between. They are the areas that we can deliver energy assessments. So I want to talk to you today about carrying out assessments. Now, for me, I... I've put together an energy management process for these assessments. And that begins the journey regarding a meeting with the organization. We then start to plan what we're gonna be doing regarding the energy process. We're gonna look at data and we're gonna look at proving that data. We then look at walking into doing the assessment. We then look at the measurement and the proposals. We then look at the action plans and the priorities. And then finally, which for me is the most important part of the process is the implementation. So let's start at the beginning regarding the meeting and the plan. So the meeting is an important element of the process. It sets the scene with the organization regarding their expectations and the overall process. It's where we get to understand the scope and the barriers of the process. So the scope, meaning, you know, what the areas of the properties we're gonna be looking at, are we gonna be focusing on um, the different parts of their process? And the barriers are the areas that we can't maybe gain access to. So that might be in a bank or a large commercial building. There might be trading areas where we're not allowed to um, actually attend and review. I've been into some factory areas where we weren't allowed to gain access because it was 
very heavily um, had very large industrial type magnets. So it wasn't safe for us to carry out that work. So that's where we look at the barriers. Now, an area of focus at this stage is the data and in pressing on the, the importance of the data. And at this stage, we were looking at providing and, and receiving from the client in the region of 12 months worth of gas bills, electricity bills, water bills. As you know, the, for me, energy is gas, electricity and water. And nowadays we're now looking at the transport consumption. At this stage, it's quite important that we agree with the organization what unit we're gonna be focusing on. So for instance, are we gonna be looking at kilowatt hours? Are we gonna be looking at currency? Are we gonna be looking at carbon? Or are we gonna be bringing all of that together? So again, we're setting the scene for this assessment. This meeting, um, we would expect to be face-to-face -face, and I would expect for certain people to probably be present within that meeting. So, you know, the key stakeholders within the organization. Um, maintenance team, because they're going to be part of the, the facilitation of this process. Um, maybe the finance director, because he needs to be aware of the cost that could be saved and the areas of, of um, investment possibly that could come out of this. Once we understand the scope of the energy management program, we must start to then put together an agreed plan of how we're going to approach this assessment. So that's picked up the, the meeting and the plan process. We're now going to go on to data and the proving of the data. And as I've impressed before, and on many other um, communications regarding my videos and my um, articles, data is very, very important and king to what we are doing here. So I mentioned the areas where we're looking regarding data. So it's gas data. We've got uh, 12 months worth of bills, possibly interval data, um, if available, meter readings, uh, electricity data, again, 12 months worth of bills, interval data, again, if it's available, secondary metering information, and meter readings again. Water, we have meter readings and bills, um, as we do with gas and electricity. On the transport side, we have uh, company cars. What company cars? Um, the organization has. Um, we look at fleet vehicles, so lorries and vans, and we then go on to a terminology which we would call grey fleet. Now, grey fleet is where you have um, personal car expense. So these are the areas, and what we try to do is common all of those areas, and in each case, we bring all that, apart from the water, into kilowatt hours. Once we've got that data, then the journey can begin. So we've got um, benchmarking regarding the profiling. So we're looking at profiling now and bringing all that data together so we can benchmark against industry, we can benchmark against the organization, we can benchmark against other organizations as well. We can then start to build, if we've got interval data, we can start to build half hourly data. If We've, we've got that monthly data. We can start building monthly reports. We've also got degree day reports. We've also got balancing reports. 
and we do all of this analysis on all the utilities. Now, if you want to see some examples of all these reports, it's very hard for me to do that on a, on a podcast, um, but within my book, um, How to Become an Energy Expert, I actually run through a lot of these, um, these reporting areas, and I'm more than happy to uh, work with you independently by reaching out and coming through my website and maybe talking to me. And that's uh, www.b2benergy.co.uk. And again, as I say, happy to go through these reports and make these reports available to you to help you go through that. So we've looked at the meeting, we've worked into the plan, we've, we've understood the data and the proofing of that data. We're now going to walk into the assessment. Now, for me, the assessment now is key. And we need to get a lot of uh, discipline in place here to help us make sure that this is a worthwhile and uh, part of the process. So when we set the scene regarding the assessment, for me, it's about um, being professional and the approach we need to be uh, full of integrity. So for instance, we need to be prompt on time because we're gonna be taking on a very big task here. We need to, when I arrive to site, I would normally take a picture of that building to ensure that I've got um, a starting point on my camera roll regarding my uh, all the pictures. And, you know, I'm, I would personally take over 100 photographs of a uh, energy assessment as I'm walking around. You can never have enough photographs um, that you would take because, it you know, you're not going to use all those photographs for your report, but you possibly would use them just to prompt some ideas in your mind of, of what you see on the day. I would arrive at least one hour early as well, pre-survey, and, and carry out some sort of external survey, first of all, and see what lights are on. And if you see if there's any lights on or anything that is sort of impacting on the energy, I would actually take photographs of that, get evidence of that, because I can guarantee if you've got lights on as you walk in the building, you're not likely to have those lights on as you walk out of the building and to show the client that the lights are on. So it's a good idea to, to do that walk around, first of all, get yourself familiarised with the property, uh, an understanding and maybe get some, you know, capture some evidence of what's going on. So when you first look at a building, don't panic about the size or, you know, what's involved because by staying focused and following your plan, you won't be distracted. And what would happen is it doesn't matter how big that building looks. I've gone, you know, to very large complexes, university complexes and, and taken one look at these, uh, properties and thought, I'm going to be here all day. But if you break it down into the elements that I'm going to explain to you, you'll find it be a very concise assessment. So when you um, sit down with the client, when you meet with the client, um, that person that you're meeting with, with is going to be your guide. And for me, that guide is very critical. He's going to be showing you I say he, he or she is going to be showing you around that property um, and identifying some good areas for opportunity. Now, they will be shocked when you come to site because they're going to be expecting you just to be there for an hour or so. 
you're going to explain to them that you're going to be there for the whole day and you're going to be taking up a lot of their time. Um, so be polite, stay calm, work with them and guide that person through the process of what you're going to be going through on the day of the assessment. Now, it, I would insist in the beginning that you sit down with that person and set the meeting up uh, with them so you can have a pre-meeting um, regarding what you're going to be carrying out on the day. So here is where you then start to break the ice and, and start getting some relationship with that person because that person is key to actually walking around that building and showing you the areas of opportunity. So simply, this is where you, you put your sales hat on and you start becoming a bit of a salesman and starting to be, as Dale Carnegie would say, to win friends and influence them and get them talking about themselves. And, you know, and the best way of doing that is asking them what their name is, asking them what their background is. This is important because you get to start to understand them and they're the person, as I said before, that could lead you around that building and to show you some really key opportunities within that property. So on the actual assessment, I personally, again, this is a personal preference, but I'll take one look outside. If the weather's quite fair, I will then look to do uh, an external assessment first of all. Again, the reason for doing that is because if it's clear outside, not raining, I will go and do it immediately because you can't guarantee of the weather later on in the day. Um, so you're best to do it now because later on it could be raining and then you won't get the opportunity to walk around that building on the outside. And that's another good area then to start to get to know your escort and the person working with you on the day as your guide. So carry out your external review of the building and then enter the building. And for me, I like to start at the top and then work my way down through the building. So I head for the roof and I start to look at the areas on the roof regarding heating, cooling, lighting, power and energy management. I always think of those subjects in the back of my mind. And there'll be more on that shortly. We then, once we've done the roof, where there could be plant up there, could be plant rooms, we then start to work our way through the building. We then look at going to all the plant rooms within the building. We then start to focus on those key areas again, heating, cooling, lighting, power, energy management. We then start to focus on the meters, start bringing all that meter data together and identifying the meters. I like to actually pull that meter information together because it's, it's, it's information because, for instance, we could find other meters that we haven't got the data for. So it helps with your data uh, reporting. The tools for my assessment on the day um, would be, I would have an iPad with me, um, which is very good for making notes. Um, but reason for that is I carry a lot of um, manuals, uh, service manuals or data sheets that would carry on that, um, that iPad um, in a PDF format. 
and I can be in a position where I'm, I can email them around. Um, camera or smartphone, I would have a firmographic camera with me, which plugs straight into my um, phone or my iPad. Um, and something I've used as an Apple um, product that I've brought from Apple. Um, I'd have a voltage tester that test voltage as I'm walking around. And I'll be carrying my uh, the profile reports that I've produced previously. I will be aware of the health and safety um, on that particular organization. So I possibly have a, a high vis, hard shoes available. Um, and nowadays, quite likely to be wearing a mask. So as I said before, the areas we're going to focus on are heating, cooling, lighting, power, energy management, and obviously we're going to be looking into the water areas. Now, from the heating point of view, we're looking at the BMS systems, if, there's in, if they're installed, boilers, the insulation, cooling, we're looking at BMS, chillers, AC units, insulation, lighting, LEDs, possibility, controls of that lighting, PIRs that have been installed, emergency lighting, um, how that's been set up. We're then looking at power regarding solar, renewables, CHP, power factor correction, voltage optimization. We're looking at energy management, all the different processes around energy management regarding, um, I call it best practice, so it could be behavior and, and how they could be applying best practice or behavior um, regarding their energy management. And then on the water side, we're gonna be looking at displacement. We're gonna be looking at showers. We're gonna be looking at uh, flows on the taps and on the showers if possible. And we're gonna be identifying leaks, if we can identify any leaks while we're walking around. So you can imagine the, the, so the, the, the six areas that we focused on, the areas we're gonna visit, and then the topics that we're gonna be looking at are quite comprehensive and quite uh, concise what we're looking at. Mentioned we're gonna be putting together um, some transport reporting. Now th this could be a subject on its own, but I have a, a summary sheet that I would carry around with me with some questions on. Um, and if we have the opportunity to maybe meet with the transport manager or the head of transport, I'd actually have that with me regarding um, transport uh, assessment, which is a very light touch assessment, but it leads in to more of a comprehensive one. I'm not a, um, a transport expert, but I can provide um, an assessment around transport. So that brings us to the measurement and the proposal side of the assessments, what we've pulled together, because there's no point doing this assessment unless we're gonna come up with some recommendations. Um, so within the report that we produce for the organization, I recommend, again, we keep this very simple. There's no point creating books and pages of information that's only gonna sit gathering dust. The amount of times I've ask an organization if they've done any energy assessment and they show me this dusty old report, it's quite thick, that's never been opened, that's still sitting on the shelves. I like to create 
reports that are going to be implemented to the next level. So my report structure would be an executive summary, would be an overview of the property, site details, the energy audit methodology, so someone could pick that up and understand our approach and the scope. It would go through the, the setup meeting, the energy assessment survey itself, what we uh, found on that assessment, analysis of any of the energy consumption and the profiling, and then the measures regarding what we actually found as recommendations. And within those um, uh, measures and, and recommendations, we we'll actually would show how much that would impact on the savings. So it's cost, we uh, cost savings in pounds, savings in kilowatt hours, and the percentage of the savings. And we'd actually demonstrate and show payback of that. And I also like to provide uh, bullet sheets and uh, summaries regarding that to help the client actually identify, in, in this case, the, the finance director can see how much he needs to spend, how much is he going to save from that, and then what the payback is. So we would actually produce a, a very good, clear, um, one-page overview of that. And then from there, we can then build upon the action plan. From the action plan, we can actually build some priorities on that and actually see what the priorities are regarding the investment. So, you know, how much money do we need to invest to make significant savings? There's no point spending a lot of money when we're not going to get that savings and we're not going to get the payback on that particular project. Now, I say this time and time again, energy management is a journey and we need to prioritize the implementation of these projects and, and focus on the, the best projects to do first. Um, and, you know, and, and what we, we can benefit from. So we put together a action plan and that action plan will be based on um, the low hanging fruit, the small projects that are very, very uh, fast to fix, um, which is our low cost. We then look at a medium cost approach and the medium cost approach is, is making changes to the existing systems and adjustments to those and enhancements to the existing systems. We then look at major capex where we're looking at introducing new systems. And, you know, that could be, possibly installing solar. It could be possibly installing LEDs on a very large uh, range of the building. Um, it could be uh, upgrading the boiler system. It could be lagging. It could be many high intensity projects that will provide good payback, but will need capital expenditure. So we've now gone through these seven areas of the energy management process. We've taken it from the meeting to the plan, to the data proofing, to carrying out an assessment, to putting together the measurement and the proposals, 
putting together an action plan and prioritizing that action plan, and then working on a very strong implementation plan. Now, the implementation plan for me is working with specialists, and this is where it takes it to the next level. And as the energy manager or the energy expert, we can then facilitate bringing in specialists to tender for that work. And then we can project manage that work because afterwards we're then gonna provide the measurement and verification. There's no point putting all these measures together and providing a very good payback an understanding of that project, if we're not gonna then ensure once that project has been implemented, that we not provide measurement and verification. I like to stand by what I've said we're gonna save. So we've now walked through all those seven points regarding the energy management process and delivering a very strong, comprehensive and concise assessment on an organization. So I'd like to say thank you very much for listening to my um, podcast tonight and um, understanding how a energy assessment can be delivered. As I say, my name is Paul Webb. I'm more than happy to take questions uh, about this um, over the weeks. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my email address is paul at b2benergy.co.uk. I am available to take many questions. Um, I also hold on once a month, I do a coffee morning or a coffee afternoon with myself. You'll see that advertised on Zoom. It's all free. So come along and uh, meet with me and ask me questions about the industry. So thank you very much and um, have a nice evening. Thank you. So thank you for joining me tonight on Energy Speaks Back. I'd like to say thank you very much for following my podcasts and uh, listening in. And I want to reach out to energy experts around the world to see whether you would like to join me on this show and really sort of follow up with some of the stuff I'm talking about or add your own insights to the industry, whether you're from the energy supplier side, energy management or the environmentalist side really keen to hear what you've got to say about our industry so that leaves me just one thing to say be safe <laughs>